Hey there, my awesome podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in yet again to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 87, My Secret to Being Super Productive. In this episode, I'm going to go through what I've learned as a mom, as a business owner, as someone who just likes to kind of make the needle move a little bit in my life and towards my goals. So I'm also going to be talking about kind of some relatable stuff, or at least I hope it's relatable, kind of how my brain works. And I'm sure I'm not alone when I describe sort of like what's inside of my head. So keep listening and I'll give you some tips, tricks, and ideas on what I do to keep, like I said, moving towards progress on my goals and feeling like I'm not just like a hamster wheel going round and round in circles. Okay, so before I get started, just some quick updates. Um, What I've decided to do with this podcast is, like I've said before, I, I want to make it a little bit more interactive. Um, my podcast listeners have been so motivating and inspiring to me when you guys ask for more or you give me podcast ideas, topics and such. So you can still go to Instagram. Um, but also what I decided to do is instead of like announcing the latest and greatest thing that I'm doing, cause I am kind of trying different things. Some things take off and some things not so much. So I will actually, I've been like recording small shorts in between episodes. So if you are kind of want to know what the latest and greatest is, like I said, go follow me on Instagram, One Organized Mama, or just uh, stay tuned for some of the shorts that I'm doing. And I'll let you know about like coaching and different resources that I have um, available to you if you just want a little bit more. All right. So. I am a mom. I have three kids. Um, Married on my second marriage. I've been a military spouse. I've worked outside of my home. I've been a stay-at-home mom. I've owned my own businesses. I've worked from home. I feel like I've done it all. So I'm one of those people that I I am an idea person. If... (laughs) If we're sitting in a group of people and someone's like, oh, I have this idea for a business, I want to know. Um, I love just sort of talking about stuff. I am I just get super excited about that. So there's always a lot going on inside of my brain. And um, this is how my brain works. So my brain likes to bounce from thing to thing. So I have to consistently keep myself very present. And some ways that I do that is putting any kind of electronic thing down. And it's something that I've actually, weirdly, a kind of, I, I get a lot of flack for this because I'm not great at returning messages. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not awesome at returning text messages to friends or family. I always tell people, like, if you really need to go get a hold of me, just call me. So if I see a missed call, then I know to call that person back. It's probably something pretty important. But in this day and age, I feel like our brains have really been kind of trained to not be present. So I've definitely fallen to that category. So brain bouncing around from thing to thing. And with that, it makes me sometimes struggle with focus. So sometimes like if I'm doing one task in my periphery, I see something else that needs to get done. And then I'm like, oh, I I better go get that done you know, before the kids get home from school or before I leave the house or whatever. And then I end up walking away sometimes from the task at hand to going and getting, <clears throat> focusing on something else. So that's something, again, sort of a natural tendency. Also, this kind of goes along with what I'm saying, the easily distracted. Like I actually have to create an environment for myself, especially when I'm working for to limit distractions. And again, it means putting my phone on the charger in another room, turning off, you know, electronics, TVs, and um, just creating an environment that I can easily focus. If you're a mom out there, you probably feel this one pulled 
in many different directions. Sometimes I will be sitting there with my family and two people are talking to me at the same time. Like we'll be sitting at dinner and they don't even hear each other, the other person. They're both talking to me at the same time. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You guys are both talking to me at the same time, one person at a time. And I just, I guess, you know, like I said, I think sometimes it's a mom thing where sort of these sometimes omnipresent figures for our family. Um, I have to consistently remind my children they have a father and sometimes go go bug him, go ask him to help or vent <laughs> or solve, you know, your problems. And so pulled in a lot of directions, especially, you know, as a business owner, I'm multi-passionate. I run two different businesses and I'm very family centric. I love my family, especially my extended family. My grandmother is 95 years old. I make it a point um, to really be a part of my extended family. I'm very close with cousins and aunts, and I'm a very social person. I have friends. Um, and so, yeah, but that's all great and dandy, right? But sometimes I feel like, ah, too much. I feel overwhelmed and, again, pulled in many different directions. Um, the last thing that goes on in my brain is this level, like the highest level of critiquing that you can imagine, like the worst self-critiquing and being self-critical. I am an overthinker. I like question everything I do. I cringe at everything I do too. Um, it, you know, what's helped me ironically is this podcast. When I first started it, I wanted to do it. <clears throat> and then when you look, listen back to those episodes and you're like, oh my gosh, I, it just, it's hard to not cringe listening back. But <clears throat> what I've actually learned to do, and this podcast has helped me a lot is just get out there, stop overthinking it and just do it. There were times when I would record a podcast episode like seven or eight times. And I again, I'm a one-woman show. It is not like, you know, I'm highly produced or anything. I mean, I'm I'm kind of doing it all. And um, that's painful. And there were times where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. It's hard when people critique you because then it sort of validates that self-critical voice that you have inside that you're always trying to kind of hush and stuff. And um, I will say, I'll give you some tips in this, but just getting out there and doing it and being like to hell with it, with the critics, with my, including my own critic inside of my head helps a lot. So, so if any of that kind of resonates with you, if you can relate to any of those things and say, Hey, it's kind of what I am guilty of or what I struggle with as well. Here is my tip to you. My tip to being super productive, time blocking. Now I know time blocking is something that's very trendy. A lot of times we go through what I've realized because organization is almost, it's like a form of like the self-help genre out there. And a lot of things trend. And so this is definitely something I've seen trend in small business <clears throat> and self-help is this term time blocking. And a lot of people aren't quite sure what this means, but I'm going to tell you because it's actually really, really simple. And I'm going to give you some tips on how you can do it yourself. But the very first thing that you need to realize is this, you have to give up multitasking. That was the number one thing that I had to realize. Like I prided myself on being like the master multitasker. And then I kind of, I think I started re hearing things, reading things, and I was realizing I actually don't multitask. I time block. So I'll tell you how. But first, just I may have told you guys this story before. Forgive me. But um, when my husband, so it's a second marriage for both of us, when we got together, um, like I said, I just, you know, he came into my life, you know, divorced. I was married. I was a military wife before. I have two children. I was working outside of my home. I was, you know, I think at the time I was actually going to school when we met. And so he 
my now husband, but then boyfriend was always like joking because he had also been married before, no children. And so he was kind of like, he he was like the ultimate bachelor. And, um, and so he just kind of went through life. He very dedicated to his work and his career, but like his social, uh, when he was off duty, he was like all about like his social time and social life and that kind of thing. So when he gets into a relationship with me, who's like very like kind of type A and I have to be on top of it. And he <laughs> said to me once, you probably get more done by 8 a.m. than I accomplished in an entire week. And I kind of took that as like a source of pride. And I was like, oh, thank you. It's a compliment. So um, yeah, do I have a natural tendency to like kind of be like rush, rush, like get everything done? I do. Definitely, again, part of my nature. So how did I go from like being this like, you know, multitasker, master multitasker that I like to call myself to realizing what I'm really doing is just time blocking my day. So what is time blocking? Well, to me, and a lot of people have kind of different versions or variations of this, but to me, it is moving through my week and my day very deliberately. So how do I do this? And what does that mean? Okay, so for instance, when I have when I go through my day, I have certain times of the day that certain things need to get done or should get done. And what I do is I make sure that my focus is on that task at hand. So for instance, if it's work, I try to focus only on work. I don't try to do work and, you know, folding laundry at the same time. If it's time with family, I really put friends in social hobby bucket kind of to the side. And if you don't, if you're not familiar, because I'm going to be using the term buckets a lot, go back and listen to a few episodes. If you scroll, you'll see some stuff that I talk about like time buckets. And that's kind of what I've created to basically convey what I do and what I've learned to do in my life and how I organize my time is through these time buckets. But I really try to focus on like when I'm in one of my time buckets, try to really focus on that task at hand. Does it mean it happens 100% of the time? No. Do I get a phone call or, you know, my phone is dinging like crazy and it does, you know, obviously I have to go check it to make sure there's not something urgent, more urgent or pressing needed. Does the doorbell ring? Does the dog start going nuts? Do I get interrupted 8,000 times by you know, kids, husband, friends, whoever, yes, it all happens. But if I know, okay, I, hey, was doing this thing, I can, got in, I was interrupted, I can always go back, finish up what I was doing. So how do I time block? So I teach, and this is in my time management journal, a three-step technique. Keep things simple, people. I know a lot of times that there, again, there's wonderful tools out there. Not everything resonates with everybody, but I like simplicity. So I use a three-step system to time block my life. The first one is just brainstorm. This is my favorite part of time management is brainstorming. I literally take a notebook. I am a notebookaholic and pretty penaholic. And I love to just go through, when, especially when I'm just kind of like feeling unmotivated and I've given myself some quiet time, I've given myself rest, and I, I need to get kind of get back into doing things. This podcast is one for, for um, example, but I'll sit down and I'll just kind of get stuff out of my head. I get it out of my head and onto paper. And again, if you followed my time management, you're going to hear that I've talked a lot about that. Once it's out of my head and onto paper, I just kind of go through and circle different things that really stand out to me. And this is where I start to prioritize, where I realize it's, you know, I'm not going to train to run a marathon. It's, you know, the middle of the summer. That ain't happening right now. So that's not a priority. But hey, I need to fill up some of the content of my podcast calendar. That is a priority. So I would circle that. 
Now, once I have things circled, I start to plan and I start to implement things into my weekly and daily planning. So in a general week, I know, well, I need to, for instance, make an eye doctor appointment. So that was something for this week that was on my agenda. So that circled, you know, appointment made, appointment set. But also in my, for instance, let's real quick stop and uh, let me talk about the eye doctor appointment. That is something too. So for instance, it's something I know that I need to do, running out of contacts, need a new prescription for my glasses. I wrote it down on brainstorming because it's been in my head and something that like I'll forget to do and it's eight o'clock at night and you know, the doctor's office is closed. So put it on the paper, add it to my weekly plan. And then for my daily plan, like once I call and make that appointment, I know I have an appointment Friday, 1045 AM. So for instance, when it comes to daily planning, there are going to be things that you have to do that you have to show up for. So if you have an appointment, for instance, you know that time is spent at the eye doctor's office getting that done. You can't like fill it with other stuff. So sometimes this is like really, sometimes people like overcomplicate this, but it really is quite simple. All right. So everything out of my head, everything on the paper, start to prioritize and then implement into daily planning. And yes, I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, I've heard this from you again. There's a reason why a lot of this stuff is on repeat. It's very intentional because I think, again, a lot of people just oversimplify, or excuse me, overcomplicate when it just needs to be simplified. And sometimes with the feedback or if I'm coaching somebody and I'm like, whoa, 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 we're, we're doing a lot of stuff right here. Like there, no wonder you're overwhelmed. You're putting way too much stuff on your plate. This is a way to kind of get stuff off of your plate a little bit. Okay. Um, so the process of the brainstorming is really to give my brain an outlet So going back to how my brain works, like I started this episode, is that, again, the distraction, the struggling with focus pulled in a lot of different directions and kind of feeling like I bounce from thing to thing. This is a way for my brain to just be like, oh, I feel better now. Once I do the brainstorming, get it out of my head and onto paper, it definitely, definitely kind of alleviates a lot of stress. All right. The other aspect of this that I've realized is sometimes in this day and age, and I am 100% guilty of this, is being too sedentary. And being too sedentary is something that will just zap your motivation. I'll give you a personal example. Like I told you, I have a 95-year-old grandmother, and it is a priority to our family to really care for her. And I will freely admit I have the most amazing, amazing family that of aunts and cousins. And, you know, my grandmother has an incredible amount of support around her. So we're able to keep her home and comfortable. Again, she just turned 95. And we recently, I was with her and um, home health had a physical therapist to come. And she's been having some episodes. And one of the things that they really encouraged her to do we're just some moving her body a little bit more. <clears throat> they felt that she was spending maybe a little bit too much time in bed. So we were encouraged as a family to get her to move a little bit more. And so that time that I spent with her with um, just helping her standing by her side as she walked in her walker, every, you know, <clears throat> just around a little bit, we did definitely notice an improvement in her mentally and emotionally and even physically. And so is that something that kind of resonated with me that, you know, because we were joking with the the therapist and he said, you know, he's this really young man who's to me very much in shape. And um, he was talking about like, he can even um, 
if he has like a couple of days off and he's kind of laid around and watched a little too much Netflix that he starts to feel really like blah and lethargic and unmotivated. So it whether you're super young to super, you know, older, um, this is something that can affect us all. So that was something that was really a great reminder for me personally to move my body. So one tip for you on this, and this is something that I do. One of the time blocking techniques I try to implement is about working on something for about 20 minutes a day. So for instance, when I get up in the morning, I try to be pretty good about moving my body first thing. Doesn't happen all the time, but it's definitely something that if I don't do it, I kind of feel like a little bit off the rest of the day. So even if it's just a walk around the neighborhood, do something to move my body first thing in the morning. When I get home, I'll do my coffee. I notice it takes about maybe 20 minutes to drink a cup of coffee. And so I utilize that time to sit at the computer and just kind of go over my daily plan, like realizing like, hey, is there anything that popped up on my phone overnight? Um, any emails, any text messages, kind of taking a look, making sure like, for instance, I check into our bank accounts, make sure nothing weird has happened or wonky or whatever. I kind of just, you know, check to see, are there any immediate fires that I need to put out? And that takes roughly about 20 minutes. Um, I very conscientiously realized over the years to get up after those 20 minutes and then go do something, whether it's, you know, waking up kiddos to get ready for school, kind of timing my day like that, or, you know, making my bed, starting a load of laundry, you know, doing, you know, planning stuff for dinner, straightening up the house, whatever it is, even if it's just like jumping in the shower and getting ready for the day, doing something after 20 minutes that kind of gets me. Because what I was noticing, um, especially when I first started working from home was, I would drink my cup of coffee, set the computer, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to work for like two hours. And number one, (laughs) I wasn't always that productive because it wasn't just work. My brain wasn't fully like awake yet. I wasn't really feeling motivated to work. And so I wasn't working. I was doing following distractions. I was finding myself, you know, doing this like rabbit hole of social media and, you know, all of that. Number two, I just, I was grumpier. I don't know. I just, I felt like I was kind of like, meh, with my day. So what I learned to do is really kind of focus on when I could tasks in about 20 minutes. Now, that may not work for you. You, especially when you have someone, you know, when you're not self-employed, or, and that happens to me too, there's times where I have to work on something for two, three, four hours at a time. That's fine. That happens. I just try to be very aware because like I said, a lot of this is to be as productive as I possibly can throughout my day. Okay. So let's talk about a time for everything, work, family, etc. And when I say everything, take a look at my time bucket list. So that's really kind of how, again, I came up with it and conveyed to you guys like how I do organize my time, how I do focus. It does help with life balance, even though I don't completely agree that you're ever going to have like complete life balance, like everything's going wonderful at work and perfect, you know, this perfect situation at home with family and you have the right amount of time to spend with friends and finances or you just, you know, you don't have any worries. Like, I mean, if that happens, wait, great. But I've never quite experienced where I've had like every area of my life, like just in perfect sync. So if you are a little bit more like me and sometimes one area is doing like phenomenally well and you're constantly putting out fires in another area of your life, you may just need to kind of stop, take an overall look at things and say, where do I need to put my attention? Where do I need to place my time? Which bucket, just like I would place the stuff in my home into a container. So again, that's what the time bucket is about is you have a limited amount of time in the day. Where are you going to put that time? So, excuse me, when you are doing this, I want you to take a whole look at all of the different areas. 
and realize that there is a time for everything. You do have enough time in your week, in your month, not necessarily every day. You notice I didn't say every day, but you do have enough time in the week and in your month to at least hit one of those buckets. And you should be hitting those buckets multiple times. So for instance, and again, if, if you happen to hang out with me or I have a lot of friends and family that do listen to the podcast or like, because they do, they'll be like, hey, didn't you say when it's family time, you don't have your phone? So I'm not saying I'm 100% perfect on this, but I'm saying it is something that I do strive for. But when I am focused on somebody or something, I really try to be very present. So for instance, if it is family time, if we've talked about like, hey, after dinner, we're going to, you know, watch a movie, go for a walk. I wish we were one of those families that would play board games, but alas, we are not. We are way too competitive and there's always hurt feelings or tears. So we are not a board game family, but we will like go for a walk or watch something funny on TV and stuff. And so that's really where I've tried to say, okay, this is family time and I am going to be present during this. Now, as a small business owner, do I get interrupted? Yes. Does it annoy the heck out of my family? Yes. Do I tell them, suck it up, buttercup? This is what I have to do? Yes. So again, it's something that I strive for, trying to be very present. Um, same thing with work. You know, there are times where, um, unfortunately, work comes and it is a priority. I have to have a paycheck. That paycheck needs to provide for my family. So sometimes other things, like for instance, if I, if I have to cancel, <clears throat> excuse me, on a friend or, you know, my social hobby bucket, or even sometimes I have to say, hey, I can't go to the beach with you guys today. I have something very pressing for work. And that way I can focus on work. Same thing with other areas of my life. When my husband and I sit down and I'm like, hey, need 20 minutes of your time Sunday morning, we need to go over our budget. Um, some things are changing. I need him to put his phone down and we just need to spend time going over our budget. So again, look at the different areas of your life and realize that you do have time to get to everything. Again, it's not something you're going to be able to get to every day. You can't go <clears throat> you know, spend time with friends every single day. That's probably not possible. You probably have to budget your money. Most of us do. And so it's just something that I want you to realize, like planning and time blocking doesn't necessarily have to be like just on a daily thing. Like for instance, you have a season in your life. So for instance, we just made a big transition as a family. And so for instance, like I knew a lot of the stuff that I do in my normal routine was going to just be kind of have to take a back burner for a little bit. So cooking meals, for instance, really hard to do when you're on the road traveling across country. I mean, we did try to picnic it across for like lunches so we weren't eating fast food. Highly recommend. It's funny. That's how we traveled when we were kids. I hated it. And now I've kind of come full circle and I'm like, this is awesome. We just got like some rolls and some turkey and the kids actually really kind of liked it. So anyway, but that was something that I was like, okay, I'm not going to be making dinner, but I can do these little things. So there's always adjustments and seasons of your life. We kind of had to go from hotel to Airbnb until we were able to find um, a home in our new state of Georgia. So we had a lot of adjustments that we had to make. And I let go of I'm like, you know what, right now, we're just, we're just going to let go of some of these expectations. I'm going to make this more of a family time. We really focused on that. So family really became the priority this summer. And I am super grateful for that because instead of worrying about like friends or keeping up with some other things that is, are normally high priorities to us, um, we just let go of a lot of that stuff. And we were just like, you know what? Hey, we're in this season. This season is temporary and allowing ourselves just to say, there's just a few areas that we can focus on and giving ourselves the permission to just do that and let go of any kind of guilt. 
All right. The next thing I want you to realize that I do do is that I am very adamant about this. And especially when it comes on my personal life, but also I have learned to be like a little bit better with this with work because work was hard, but I control my time. I do not allow others to control my time. So hard to do, right? So much easier said than done. How do I do this? Number one is I, it's, it's all about setting boundaries. So for instance, I set boundaries with friends. Like for instance, you know, you have that friend who, <clears throat> if you've had that friend and they, they feel it just, the friendship feels sometimes a little bit too intrusive into your life. Like the texts or the phone calls or the visits or whatever, just kind of, they, they're not that fun. <laughs> and so sometimes you just kind of have to set a boundary be like, Hey, you're, you're over here now. I'm just going to kind of take a little distance from you because it's feeling a little bit intrusive. Like I'm sitting down trying to watch a movie and my phone is dinging because I have a friend who has some drama or tragedy that's never really a tragedy going on in their life. That is something that I've learned. That's actually been very easy for me. Um, I love my friends. I'm blessed in the friend department, but they do not get to control my time. Neither do my family when it comes to my work, unless it is something that is very important, like life or death kind of important. And I have developed a look on my face that terrifies, terrifies my children. So generally speaking, if they see me in my space at home, my home office, they have been trained and told to back off, leave me alone. I am working. And if they dare come in, they will be shot a look that will tell them, leave me alone right now, unless it's very important. And it's rarely very important. So they they know to move along their way. So I don't let friends interrupt family. I don't let family interrupt work. And the hardest thing, and freely admit, I've let work interrupt family a little too much. So that is something that I have learned to put boundaries up as well. Like it is okay to tell somebody who's messaging you at eight or nine o'clock at night, or sometimes yes, even later, sometimes they do, to let them know that, hey, you'll handle this in the morning. Hey, great. Thank you for letting me know. I'll get on it tomorrow morning. And that is a very professional way just to say, hey, I'm putting up a boundary right now. Like there's nothing that can be done about this at eight, nine or 10 o'clock at night. It will be addressed when I'm working. So not letting others have control of your time. Is that a hundred percent, you know, all the time? No. Do I have to be at the beck and call sometimes of, you know, work or family or whatever? Yes. Um, But what I'm trying to say is that setting really good boundaries is definitely helpful. And the other thing when it comes to this is try not to be so reactive, trying to be proactive. So have you ever heard the saying, like, don't be a firefighter in your life, like where you're constantly putting out fires? I think it's something like, don't be a firefighter, like, I forgot, like be an airline pilot or something where you kind of like are above your life and you're kind of looking. That's kind of how I think about um, time management is don't be where things just happen, like kind of try to offset. Like for instance, finances is a big area. So if you are not, you know, using a budget, any kind of budgeting tool that you love, my favorite all-time budgeting tools, Dave Ramsey's um, budget, all-time favorite, have used it for gosh, 12 years now. Um, but there's so many out there. Um, use a budgeting tool. If you are not budgeting your money, you will have some fires to put out. And we all know that. Like, there's very few people that I I know no no one has unlimited supply of money. So instead of putting out financial fires, we have to learn. Hey, we have X amount of dollars that come in each month. This is how they they are allocated. This is how we spend our money. We don't always want to spend our money on these things, but oh, we don't have some choices in life with that. And this is what our money 
is to be spent on. So that's a way of being proactive versus being reactive. So just something I want you to think about, like having some really good solid boundaries, and you can do it in a very kind way. And also on a flip side, and this is something that I've really has resonated with me real uh, lately is don't take it so personally um, if other people in your life are kind of putting up boundaries. It's not necessarily something against you. So if you have like a friend or family member and they're just a little bit more distant than normal, understand they probably are kind of doing the same thing, kind of putting up some boundaries like we all do. I am preaching to the choir here. I am... (laughs) Number, I'm 100% guilty of like getting my feelings hurt when people do this to me. So I just have to stop and have the rational side of my brain kick in and say, they're probably just putting up some boundaries right now. Don't take it personally. And kind of reminding myself, I should probably kind of check some of my boundaries as well. All right. The other tip that actually looks like it's the last tip that I want to give you when it comes to this is just do. Don't think or ask other people, oh, man almighty, am I guilty of that? I will do a survey. I will like have this idea and then I will survey for some reason the people in my life and ask their opinion. And then I'm like, and then I don't like what they say and or they don't quite get what I'm trying to say. And and then I get offended and then I get unmotivated and it hurts my feelings and I this whole thing. So what I've learned to do is just do, just do something. Again, one of the greatest leaps I've ever taken is doing this podcast. I mean, you know, I am, I love podcasts. I listen to so many different genres of podcasts and stuff, and I listen to them almost every single day. And I know that there are wonderful ones. And as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, I should have like a producer or I should, you know, be a little bit more fancy with mine. And so definitely that critical, highly critical part of my brain kicks in. But the one thing that I am super, super, super proud of is that when I started it, I just did it. I didn't tell anybody. I don't even think I told my husband. I remember I was on an airplane on a Southwest flight from Vegas to Albuquerque and I was going to go help my brother who with some of his business stuff. And I just, I, I, don't, I found a podcast about like, how do you, how do you do a podcast? I remember sitting in his guest bedroom and I was doing some research um, on it. And then I found Anchor and uh, I remember recording, like doing a little test recording and being like, that super excited and like also super kind of embarrassed, giggly kind of part of myself. And then I remember recording my first episode, being back in Vegas, sitting on my grandma's couch when we were having a family dinner, happened to look at the app. And I was like, oh my gosh, 10 people listened to it. And they were like, 10 people listened to what? And I was like, well, I did this podcast. And, and so, and then I told them about it. You know, I didn't, I know that if I'd asked opinions and I do it all the time and I'd kick myself as soon as my op- I open my mouth, I would have gotten some very, I'm not, I'm very, you know, meaningful, heartfelt, like they don't mean to hurt my feelings, things, but like people would have had opinions and it may have stopped me from taking the leap and just doing this. So just do, don't think or ask others. Okay. <clears throat> So lastly, the last thing I'm going to go over real quick is a typical week, like what a typical week looks like. So what I did just to give you some ideas of implementing this yourself is this. I broke it up into two different sections. So like a Monday through Friday, and then a weekend, just to kind of give you an idea of how you can start to actually implement this. And especially when it comes to your daily planning. Now, granted, I work primarily from home. So of course, you'll have to adjust this if you work outside of your home or you're a stay-at-home parent or whatever. So again, just for inspiration. So Monday through Friday, bedtime. So keeping a bedtime ritual like I did when my for my kiddos. I did especially when they were like babies and toddlers. 
keeping a regular bed bed routine for myself helps and doesn't mean like, you know, I can't go out and like end up at a taco stand at 2am, which I've been known to do a time or two. Um, but it just means like having a regular routine and stuff. And this is something that I actually really look forward to. Like I look forward to 9pm because it means I'm kind of shutting off the brain. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not looking at my phone. I am winding down for bedtime. And part of that is that I know for the next day, if I have my clothes ready to go and do my morning walk or workout, then I have a higher chance of actually getting that done. Um, <clears throat> I know myself that in the morning, if I get up and I can't find like my sports bra or I don't have any clean socks, I will use that as an excuse to not go exercise first thing in the morning. So I do make sure that I have clothes ready. All right. So wake up in the morning and I now am like, an, like whatever, I wake up super early. So I wake up naturally between 5.30 and 6. And even when I don't use an alarm. So I, um, even on days and stuff where I'm able to just say, hey, I'm just going to let my body sleep until it needs to wake up. It still wakes up around the same time. So I will generally get up. Like I said, I have my routine on a good day. I get out, move my body. I listen to a podcast or if I really am kind of stressed about stuff, I will use that as just quiet time. Just sometimes just get out. No one is talking to me. I kind of a fast walker. So neighbors and stuff, they just kind of put their hand up to say hi. And I just, hi, I'm not really interested in being social that early in the morning. So Utilizing that for two buckets, um, quiet time and or um, a physical health bucket. Like I said, come home. I told you my coffee routine, getting that, kind of getting my daily plan together. Then I'll do go into some meal planning. I do like to cook on a regular basis. So generally I know like if something needs to go in the crock pot, it's going in, getting ready first thing in the morning and getting things ready, making packs packing lunches if needed or whatever, getting kiddos off to school. And then since my um, kids generally start school pretty early, uh, then that's once they leave school, I'm able to kind of get ready for my day. And I am a big believer in um, trying to kind of dress for success, trying to get out of the workout clothes as early as I possibly can in the morning. Because when I find myself still in them at one, two or three o'clock and I'm like, Ugh, I need to go get showered and feel like halfway human. It just, there's something about wearing like icky clothes, sweaty clothes through the day. That's not fun. So kind of getting ready for my day, even if it's a work from home day and just putting on something that makes me feel like, you know, if I need to leave the house, you know, it's not a complete mad rush to, to get ready. Um, once I'm ready for the day is when really my work day begins. So that's when I really start to do some work and emails. And again, when I have a work from home day, I try to keep things in about 20 minute increments. What I do do is that in order to get up, that's when I intersperse those breaks with some household tasks. Again, yes, I know this only works if you work from home <clears throat> or you don't have an employer that says, you know, they proctor Zooms and you have to be in front of that Zoom call all day. But when you do get breaks, I highly recommend it's something where you are moving your body. So if you are work outside of home, when I worked in um in an office building cubicles, I would always try to find like the people that would go walk in the parking garage or walk around the block, like try to do something where I could um, be moving my body and not sitting for so long. Once I work, so primarily my work is in the mornings and then that kind of frees up the afternoon for errands or appointments. So if I need to go show clients around, you know, doing, I try to save that for late morning, early afternoon. And then <clears throat> any kind of errands, <clears throat> excuse me, that I need to run, you know, during the day. Generally around that time, it brings me to after school, after school activities, dinner. Again, because I'm a planner, I know generally what we're going to eat. I'm a big fan of like the HelloFresh, Home Chef, those types of meals and stuff. I like having everything delivered and then I can just make it. 
And then immediately after dinner, my family is trained and they hate it, (laughs) but they're trained to like do the quick 20 minute tidy around the house so that just things are kind of tidied and everything is where it should be. And then it is my downtime. And sometimes I will have another bout of energy around this time and I'll actually get my notebook and I'll kind of do some more brainstorming or something creative. Sometimes it means I'm going to sit in front of the TV and watch my favorite Bravo show for until I get tired and go to bed. And I'm just like watching the clock till nine. I generally try not to go to bed um, before nine, even if I'm really, really super tired. Because again, I'm trying to keep on that routine and not throw off my uh, clock because I will fall asleep at like 7.30 or 8. And then I'm kind of off and then I'm waking up at like 4 and and then I'm just really dragging in tired the next day. So again, <clears throat> excuse me, goodness gracious, that's a Monday through Friday routine. Now weekend, here are some tips. And if your weekend, um, my husband has worked jobs where his weekend is not necessarily Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes his weekends are Wednesday, Thursday. So no wonder whenever you have a weekend, and even if you're self-employed, my tip to you is this, give yourself a weekend. So I do, now that my husband's weekend with this current job is a Saturday, Sunday, I try to follow his the best that I can. Again, being in the businesses that I'm in still means I have to work weekends. But if I can on weekends or days that I have, I don't have a lot pulling at me. I am a little bit more flexible with my bedtime <clears throat> routine, even though I will still, if we watch a movie, I will be out by 10 o'clock, fall asleep on the couch watching a movie. But I try not to set an alarm. So again, like I said, my body will naturally wake up, but sometimes I just need a little extra sleep and I will actually sleep you know, a little bit later, which tells me I just needed a little bit of the extra rest. And then I like to, when I have my coffee, instead of going on my computer and kind of like checking finances and work and daily planning, I actually like to take my coffee and either, if my husband's interested, kind of, my goodness, sit and brainstorm with him. Kind of take it as an option to sit. Usually the kids are not quite woken up yet, but I actually like to sit and just kind of like, hey, so what are you thinking about this? And kind of taking that time when we both are kind of having our morning coffee. Or I like to really use it if he's off doing something else or I can just tell he's not in the mood, I will just go and take my notebook and again, kind of use it as some creativity time, brainstorming time, kind of going over stuff. Um, this is also during weekends is when I really kind of start thinking about weekly planning again, like eye doctor appointment needs to be made. It has, it is a top priority for this week. Um, also I'll do some meal planning. I love Pinterest for meal planning. It's, it's one of the, my favorite tools. So I'll just say like, Hey, I have some pork chops in the freezer I need to use up this week. Let me find a new recipe. So I'll kind of use that again for some brainstorming, some ideas for planning. This is also a time where we really try to focus on social hobby. Uh, We don't do a lot with friends like during the week just because we're pretty regimented with our schedule. And my husband has this thing that like if it's a quote unquote school night, which really means a work night for him, he's not entertaining anybody (laughs) He has not socialized with with anybody. He is very, very uh, good at putting boundaries up with his after work evenings, which I don't blame him. He, the man works hard. So anyway, so he is very adamant, like he just doesn't entertain and he's a very social guy. So we save our social hobby time for the weekends. And again, family time. <clears throat> And this is where also like with meals, I tend to be a little bit more lenient. Like I said, I may be doing my meal planning for the rest of the week, but as far as the weekend, this is where sometimes we'll go out to eat. We do brunch. I love to cook at least one of the mornings, like a big breakfast for the family. Um, And so Anyway, so it's kind of where we're kind of not so regimented on our schedule. I do make sure that we give that. But when we are 
doing something that we do try to really be kind of, again, present and focused. So it's not such a regimented time blocking, but it's sort of just allowing myself. And I know if I have two days a week where I can just kind of allow myself to be a little bit more lenient with my schedule, it kind of is a great way to sort of decompress myself and my brain. So anyway, that is my secret, my friends, to being super productive, time blocking. Again, I know there's a lot of wonderful tools out there. Gosh, really have something with my throat. So I'm going to end this here in just a sec. But anyway, I know there's a lot of wonderful tools. Feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your feedback if you're like, hey, I found this really great tool because I, I love learning about stuff too. My tool that I offer to you is through my time management course. So if you are interested, go to my website or reach out to me anytime. And I would love to show you what resources I have available for you to dive a little bit deeper into this. But don't overthink this. Don't If, if, if you're wanting something more simple and there's, you can do this. This is something you can completely do yourself. Like you don't have to pay big bucks to go and do this. Just remember, brainstorm, prioritize, and plan. Those are my tips to you. And then when you are working on something, one of your areas, if you can stick to about 20 minutes, intersperse with kind of some move in your body, just give your full undivided attention to the task at hand everything else can wait for the most part, you'll get to it eventually. And just let go of some of that stress and pressure that we put on ourselves. So that's my tip to you. Thank you so much for listening. Again, go over to um, One Organized Mama on Instagram, give me a follow. Um, Stay tuned, I'll have these little shorts, um, which are little tiny podcasts that kind of let you know what I'm doing currently. And if you would, In this day and age, a five-star review helps my podcast grow, reach a wider audience. I would be so honored if you would give me a five-star review and in the comments, let them know, like, what did you like about this? What did you learn? What did you implement in your life so others can see and I can grow and reach a greater audience? Um, And I think that's it. So until next time. Oh. Feel free if, like I said, I love feedback. So if you guys, but feedback that's directly to me. So send me an email if you have any topics you'd like me to go into a little bit deeper or something you'd like me to talk about. Send me an email, oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. Okay, that's it. I'll see you guys next time. 